Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. Can you believe it's already Wednesday? I don't know. I, I lose track of time. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of the things about doing this podcast is like, because every day we start off like, today is Monday, today is Tuesday. It's like, the week yeah. goes... Well, next week I'll be doing this from Israel somehow. Yeah. I'm leaving to you to figure that out, how we're going to do it. I, I was leaving it to you. It's only Wednesday, so why rush, you know? <laughs> we don't have to think about it till probably next Tuesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. You know, then we'll say, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, you're in Israel? Oh, yeah, I forgot about are that. Are you going to be, I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners are in Israel. Are you going to be signing autographs? Uh, no, I don't need to sign any autographs. I, don't, I never signed an autograph, I don't think. I don't think anyone may ask me for an autograph, and uh, I don't think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's not my thing. Uh, uh, I'm not in that market, uh, so to speak. Maybe some well, let's selfies. see. How are we going to do this? Let's see. You want, you'd like to record time to now, 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10.30? You'd like to do 10.30, which means 5.30 in Israel. Okay. That's like for dinner time for you. Uh, I don't have a dinner time, you know. No? Uh, no. I just eat one meal a day. Really? What time starts, is that? Starts in the morning and it goes like till late at night. <laughs> but uh, little little dribs and drabs here and there. You're a big so. smorgasbord type of guy. <laughs> uh, but so I don't know how we're gonna do that. I mean, we could do it later at night too. You know, could uh, be. So you could do it at noon, seven o'clock. Uh, we'll see. I don't know, but you got to give me some kind of equipment to to be able to uh, you I, know deliver a. I'll uh, take care of you. Don't worry. You'll take care of me. One thing I do want to mention is a big shout out to the sponsors of today's episode, which is Quality Stairs, our friend Schmully Sugar, once again, per, you know, uh, taking care of us over here and sponsoring this podcast. Uh, he's doing great work. Business has passed down from generation to generation. The old touch with the modern flair, you want to make sure that when you're walking up your steps, that it feels good. You walk up with uh, confidence. With confidence and that it feels good. Like it's, it's like, it's, you know, like when Yaakov Avino's dream, he had Malachim going up and down. What were they going a, that's, up and down? That's a, good, that's a good push. I like they that. They were going up and down on a, on a stairway. Well, okay, anyways, so it was a ladder. It's got to be. Right. It's got to be. It was be like a, a stairway. It's got to be a sweet as sugar. That's all. You know, you want a your sweet stairs. Sweet as sugar. As sweet as sugar, so you got to call the only person <laughs> who can do that for you, and that's Schmilly Sugar. Right. You can go ahead and text Quality Stairs or call them at 917-941-0214. Get in touch with them today, today, and let them know, of course, your friends at the Daily Thread sent you. Okay, so um, a lot going on in the world. On a lighter topic, uh, Argentina, Leo Messi, uh, he they won the the game yesterday to get the team to the World Cup, the the final game, the who's, championship. Who's that? Leo Messi? Yeah, Lionel? His name is Lionel? Leo? Who is that? He Lionel. Play, but he plays keep, call him Leo. He plays for Argentina? He's one of the best soccer players ever. Yeah, but he's never won a championship. Who did Argentina beat yesterday? Anybody know? Yeah, they beat Croatia. Croatia. So, okay, so who's Argentina playing? They're playing today? No, so I think today there's a game. I can tell you right now. Yeah, I today, know. I, I saw this game at one o'clock. But I don't know France and somebody. Yeah, so France is playing today versus drum roll, please, Morocco. Okay, that's that should be good. Yeah, and France is the expected winner of that game. And it's interesting to note there's this there's this one guy that the entire world is following right now on the social media world. I don't know his name, uh, but he is a regular average guy who. Uh, last year, he made a $26 parlay bet. Uh, parlay is a series of bets altogether. You need all things to go well to win the bet. What did he make the bet on? Like so he bet on the Fanduel? Golden State Warriors winning the championship. Uh, what, on FanDuel? On FanDuel or DraftKings, yeah. I'm not sure. DraftKings, he yeah. bet on uh, He bet on the Houston Astros winning the championship. Okay. He bet on the, the NCAA championship. I don't know who won that, to be honest. 
maybe it was Villanova or Kansas. He bet on them to win the championship. And I think he maybe bet on one more sport. Maybe he bet on the Tampa Bay Lightning or I don't know who won the, the Stanley Cup. Uh-huh. Who won the Stanley Cup this uh-huh. year? No one knows. Oh, uh, knows. Avalanche. He bet on the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And his last leg of the parlay France. is for France. So France and he put wins. down $26. The Gamacho of Yudke Vovke. He put down $26. Okay. It's not a Jew, by the way. I don't, I don't think so. That wasn't his motivation, right? No, he put down $26. And if France wins the championship in the World Cup, mm-hmm. he walks away with 500 some thousand dollars. Where's this guy from? I don't know. Is he American? He's being protected, though. I think he is American. Okay. Very interesting. We'd like to like to see if um, if uh, France could pull it out. Incredible, be incredible. To, uh, I mean, you have to know a lot about your sport to be able to, you know. I think it's a lot of luck. Uh, a parlay uh, is uh, it really is a lot of luck. A parlay, you know, it doesn't take that much knowledge because anything can happen in any game. Yeah, as you know, that is true. Okay, so a main story that we want to discuss today is one that surfaced in the evening yesterday, which is. A, a, a piece from Ben Shapiro, um, and the title of that of that piece, do you recall what the title is? Nope. <laughs> the title of that piece was Modern Orthodoxy's Moral Failure. Okay. So that caught a lot of headlines. Right. Um, before we delve into the content of that article, and this is a long discussion and it's a nuanced discussion, I spoke to a few Rabbis in the modern Orthodox community. Oh, you did since last night. Yeah. Okay. What Not naming saying? names, but they were sort of in agreement with the things that he said. Okay. So I think uh, it's a long essay. Very long. Okay. Um, so, and I definitely recommend reading it. Well, first of all, you have to try to understand. You have to try to un- pick it apart a little bit. Uh, try to understand what what's Ben Shapiro's motivation uh, behind writing it. You know, what is he trying to change? He's just he's just a very principled person. Very logical also. Very moral, very ethical. Um, whatever he does, he tries to do according to uh, Torah law. Yeah. According to halacha. You know, he speaks very often about Jewish identity being priority and over so everything I, else. I think the gist of the article, if I understood it, and I, and I only read it one time, and it's a, a very uh, intricate, uh, makes not, not numerous, you know, multi-level uh, level points is that um, he feels that uh, modern orthodoxy, and we have to define what modern yeah, orthodoxy we do. is, which is difficult in its own right, but they're making compromises. That's watering down um, um, uh, their observance of Jewish law. Yeah. So okay. the, first, so, the first paragraph he writes here, um, which I think sums up the article pretty nicely, or sets the foundation, is modern, ortho- modern orthodoxy is in a state of crisis. It is in a state of crisis because its leadership class has, in large measure, abandoned its central principles in favor of political ex- expedience, surrendering long-term interests for short-term tactical maneuvering. Okay, so first of all, a point that stuck out to me was that um, orthodox to us is what we call from Jews, right? Yeah. But what we call from Jews, not necessarily only Orthodox. Orthodox seems to be a much broader term, and from seems to be like a little bit of a narrower term. Orthodox no? has many different facets. Yeah, yeah there's different levels of Orthodoxy, the- theoretically, okay? okay? There's something that was hatched a few years ago uh, called open Orthodoxy. Yeah, that's not, that's not... You know, but they call them... And no, the point that I want to make is that Shapiro points out that the term Orthodox was not created by... Torah observant people, or by it was the term orthodox was 
a reference to people that observe Torah. It was it was uh, it was a term uh, created by the Reform movement to, uh, to identify to identify people that are more to the the right, so to speak. All right, so we didn't uh, we didn't uh, we didn't know, adopt that term. We didn't create uh, or be, are necessarily comfortable in the fact that we are orthodox or quote unquote from. And Shapiro points out that this is something, like I said a moment ago, was created by reform leaders to identify uh, and characterize what it means to be orthodox. So, what does it mean to be orthodox? It, 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 does it mean keeping six hundred and thirteen mitzvahs? It means trying to keep 613 how do you, how do you how, how is it possible to identify what it means to be orthodox? All right, so you, first of all, without the, without the Beis Migdash existing, it's impossible to do Tayag Mitzvahs, okay? So let's just, I mean, the dictionary's definition of orthodox. Yeah, okay. Of a, of a person or their views, especially religious or political ones or other beliefs, conforming to what is generally or traditionally accepted as, as right or true. Established and approved. It's so interesting. The reform movement doesn't ref- doesn't refer to themselves as holding to what's right and true. Um, no, I believe um, it's 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 difficult for me to say, but I think that they understand that they are uh, reforming they, it. They make, they're making, com- it. Yeah, that's the definition of the word. Okay, they, they've they've reworked the ingredients. You know. Okay, so the really the so let's get to the to the let's before we you know continue on this on this train. Um, if you Google. Modern orthodox, modern orthodoxy. Okay. What we have here from Wikipedia, which I don't know, modern orthodox Judaism is a movement within orthodox Judaism that, Judaism that attempts to synthesize Jewish values and the observance of Jewish law with the secular modern world. Modern orthodoxy draws <laughs> on several teachings and philosophies and thus assumes various forms. Okay. So that, and it says here that who started modern orthodoxy, it seems to be Rabbi Samson or Fall Hirsch. Um, so that definition of modern orthodoxy, which I think is is a correct one, um, you had mentioned YU's slogan is... Uh, Torah Mada. Torah Mada, to be learning Torah, but to also be... With the, with the secular pursuit of secular subjects, chemistry, but nowadays, mathematics. So I think where we're, we're the rubber meets the, road, meets the road with Ben's piece, and if you can tell me if I'm wrong, if I understood it incorrectly, is that it's almost as if you can't, you can't really have both always because there are secular ideals and values, especially nowadays, that are... That contradict in every possible way what the Torah says. Well, listen. First of all, um, Torah model is a great concept. Uh, number one, look at look how proud we are of people that have accomplished great things. That wear yarmulkes, you know. Ben Shapiro uh, himself. Ben, ben, ben Shapiro himself, of course, he's a leader in his in the in the industry in the media uh, industry. Um, uh, other people, um, <coughs> Israeli leaders, <coughs> very often. Um, are uh, people that are on the outward uh, uh, observant. We've had people like uh, like David Friedman, who was the U.S. ambassador to uh, uh, to Israel. You know, uh, uh, who was identified uh, proudly and clearly as a as a from Jew, came up through our yeshiva system here in the here in the five towns, and he was a U.S. ambassador. He was an American diplomat. I and I don't think that I don't think that it's uh, so. We're very. My point is, we're very proud. We're very proud of, of those course. things. But at the same time, to what extent? To what extent? But, uh, but you know what? It reminds me of. Uh, it's, uh, it's just trying to understand the concept. It reminds me of when there were, during the COVID lockdowns here, when people started to organize loosely structured minyanim outside in front of their houses. Yeah. A lot of people were against it. Why were they against it? Because if you're going to have a loosely structured minyan with people separated by six feet, 
the next day it's going to be three feet, and it's going to be two feet, and they're going to be talking to each other. Then there's no get there. You know, there's, it's what they used to call the slippery slope. Okay, right. it's what it leads to next. This is the the gist of what Shapiro uh, was saying. Uh, Torumada, uh, whether you are a product of Yeshiva University or whether you belong to, a, let's say, for example, for an Orthodox Union uh, shul, of which there are about a thousand shuls that are affiliated with the OU uh, in, in in the United States. Uh, Shapiro's point was what happens when you are a, a Torah-based institution, right. but you are uh, forced uh, or have a, uh, a proclivity to, uh, unfortunately, or are forced to make compromises, okay? You're forced to sort of Specifically, adopt. and that, that came to the fore this year, a few months ago. With, with the LGBTQ. With the, with the, with the, with the clubs at, at Yeshiva University, which seemed to have been a... Uh, a stark contradiction because if, if anything if anything signals a defiance of traditional Torah based Jewish life, it's that topic. It is it is it is uh, uh, the fact that how you identify what a marriage is. Uh, I saw last night uh, I saw a recording of both Barack Obama and Joe Biden, where back fifteen years ago they both said that marriage is between a man a and a woman. Between a man and a yeah. woman. Barack and now Obama and, said it. Yeah. Joe Biden said it in 2006, and now he's signing a, a, a quality a, marriage act. A bill, a bill that says what's it called? The, um, the marriage equality act. <laughs> marriage equality. It's called called marriage whatever it's called. R M. Um, I, f- I forgot what it's called. R M A. R M A. What? It was lit up in a uh, rainbow and rainbow colors. And anyway, no. So the point is. We talk about where the rubber meets the road. Is that what you said? Yeah, you like that? Yeah, where the rubber meets the road. So what happens when you are uh, an organization, uh, a, 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 a YU-affiliated organization or an OU-affiliated organization or other uh, um, other types of um, uh, modern Orthodox-affiliated the- organizations? What? No, no, just, just uh, I would just <coughs> say it quicker. Oh, say it quicker. So, what happens when you're forced in a, into a situation where you have to recognize that you need to take a side? Uh, where, so, this this is the nature of the lawsuit. The, the YU is insisting, for example, that they are a religious institution, therefore they have a right not to be accommodating to things that defy uh, Jewish law. But they lost but, that. They lost but, that suit. No? Uh, no, that's that's still under appeal. Okay. It might be going to the Supreme Court. Uh, I think the appeals court heard the case. They haven't issued a decision yet. And if they issue a decision, if a decision is not going to be uh, to NYU's favor, they're going to go to the United States Supreme Court. I think what Ben really has an issue is, is uh, the, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I don't want to misspeak, especially on such a sensitive topic. The OU and YU stance on that Marriage Equality Act was in favor or not in favor of no, it? No, they obviously they're, they were against it, but uh, they were, uh, from, the, from the legal, from the political point of view, there was an element of the law which uh, was very helpful to the, uh, to the firm community. Because included in the law, and this is how they work in Washington, included in the law was the fact that if uh, you are uh, an Orthodox Jewish person and you own a catering hall or a, or a bakery, or mm-hmm. uh, and someone comes to you and they want to uh, you to cater uh, a marriage between uh, two men and two women. In the past, if you refused them, you could be sued for uh, discrimination. Yeah. Okay, and it could you know if you lose that case, uh, you could um, you know conceivably lose a lot of money. It will cost you a lot of money. But uh, now, as part of that law, which kind of like maneuvered these organizations into. And to to support it, 
but like uh, in a in a left-handed way they they were in a situation where they um uh where, where they have to endorse the good parts of the law which means that people are off the hook in terms of have if you have a catering call and you want to and they, someone wants to make a uh, uh a same-sex wedding there uh, that uh, you know, you could you could refuse them yeah. and not be uh, you know uh, making yourself vulnerable to uh, to a lawsuit. So, so Ben says here says says here, and this is you know very relevant <coughs> to what we're discussing. There are three groups within modern Orthodox movement that have embraced the secular worldview, and in doing so, threatened the obliteration of Orthodox Judaism in itself. First of those who clearly embrace the morality of secular modernity. Call them the secular orthodox. The organization Eshel, for example, bills itself as orthodox, but states that its mission is to create a future for the LGBTQ within the orthodox uh, community and their families. Eshel envisions a world where orthodox LGBTQ individuals can live out their lives in the orthodox communities of their choice, which obviously is not in line with Torah values. The very language of Eshel's declaration is a complete renunciation of orthodoxy, like we just said. Judaism admits of no such concept as an orthodox LGBTQ individual, and and any more than that admits an Orthodox Shabbos breaker or an Orthodox pork eater. Orthodoxy acknowledges that some struggle with sin and treats those people with compassion, but it certainly does not admit that sin can be placed at the center of identity alongside Jewishness, or that, God forbid, sin ought to be not only tolerated but celebrated and countenanced by Orthodox Jewish community as a whole. He then uh, goes ahead uh, and he says that yet modern, many modern Orthodox schools, synagogues, and nonprofit organizations have embraced the perspective of Eshel that the duty of modern Orthodoxy is to mirror the, the, prefer, the preferences and the gender identities of community members. In the words of SAR high school principal Jonathan Kroll, we wanted to create an environment that let our, our um, LGBTQ students know that they, are, that they were not just being tolerated in our community, but they are welcomed and embraced. Now, unsurprisingly, an LGBT activist and, and identity have skyrocketed at such institutions. Societal obsession breeds imitation. So that's that's really the core issue here. Is is uh, the lines are getting blurred of what's it's 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 problematic. There's, it's extre- there's it's no extre- way to settle it. Can, can you have a can you can you have a sec, uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting that has a kiddish before they start? Uh, I don't think you can have that. No, it's <laughs> that that really. You can't have that. Then Ben goes on to say there's a second group that's called the Modern Orthodox Organization that, that know the halacha and they understand it, yet they're embarrassed by it. Let's call them the Nervous Orthodox. In this category falls sadly the OU. Uh, recently, the Orthodox Union put out a statement endorsing the so-called Respect for the Marriage Act, a piece of legislation enshrining uh, gay marriage and in, into federal law. The RFMA inherently rejects the Judaic point of view on marriage in favor of secular morality by pretending that marriage between two men is equivalent to marriage between a man and a woman. And then declaring that religion is essentially the only reason to believe otherwise. The RFMA utterly undermines the natural law basis for marriage as well as the logical basis for halacha on the matter. And then, surprisingly, I go to Cicero put out an excellent statement rejecting the view. Um, I go to Cicero put out a statement saying the passage of the RFMA will inevitably result in continuing dis- disparagement and disenfra- disenfranchisement of faith-based communities and the millennia-old views on marriage and gender further alienating them on the national discourse. So Ben really did commend the Aguda for their stance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, let me let me, let me, so let me tell you, uh, uh, about seven, eight years ago, um, uh, Sheldon Silver, who was the speaker of the New York Oliver State Shalom. Assembly, Oliver Shalom, was in my office. He was here downstairs, right mm-hmm. one floor below, below us. He was here to uh, endorse the candidacy of Todd Kaminsky uh, from Long Beach, who was running yeah. for the New York State Assembly at the time. He became a state senator. And he eventually uh, lost uh, last year because uh, he got into trouble with the uh, no uh, no cash bail bill, 
And that's the, the short story. So I had Shelly Silver in my office, and I said to him in a conversation uh, before he went to endorse um, Kaminsky over at the uh, uh, Lawrence Country Club, I said to him, explain to me all these years, you're the Democratic leader, explain to me how you're, uh, as an Orthodox Jew, you're diving in the Bialystok Shul on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, you went to Yeshiva, you're close with... Uh, you were close with Moshe Feinstein. You were yeah. close with Reb Ruvain and Reb Dora Feinstein. How how do you support gay rights legislation in the assembly? Yeah, and he's an attorney, okay, and uh, that's what it comes down to—the way attorneys see things. And he said to me, uh, "It's uh, for him. It's that's not a matter of supporting gay rights. For him, it's a matter of civil rights. You know, if uh, if if two men or two women live together for thirty, forty years, and one of them passes away." And one of them has a social security in a in a conventional uh, relationship. The surviving spouse assumes the social security payments of the spouse the, of the partner that passed away or the spouse that passed away, and uh, it, he sees it that way. Why should these people that spend their lives together not uh, not uh, not have the same uh, financial rights? Okay, if, if that's a very else. political. It's a very. I feel like it's a very political view of it. Um, ben goes on to say, finally, there's a third group, those who understand the halacha and hold by it, but do not fully appreciate the optics of their actions and therefore grant fodder to their opponents. Let's call them the clumsy orthodox. And Ben says, Yeshiva University's leadership apparently falls into this category. When confronted with the threat of a state court forcing them to admit a Pride Alliance student group, Yeshiva University did the right thing. They fought the student group at the Supreme Court level. In a, in a lawsuit that is currently ongoing, they also shut down all student groups rather than acquiescing to the tyranny of anti-religious bigotry, forcing violation of halacha. This was an act of bravery and vision. And then, presumably confronted by donor heartburn and public pressure, YU attempted to, ha to halve the baby. In October, after the Supreme Court te temporarily refused to put a hold on the application of the New York City Human Rights Law to the university, YU put out a statement announcing that it had started what it called the Cole Yisrael Raven Club for the LGBTQ students striving to live authentic Torah lives. Um, so, and, and this in turn leads to the logical conclusion that YU accepts LGBTQ plus identity as such and simply refuses to allow people with that authentic identity to engage in the activities likely to make such people happy. Um, no wonder 1,000 YU alumni signed a letter of outrage to the university demanding a full-scale acceptance of the YU Pride Alliance itself. So that is what he calls the, the clumsy orthodox, and this is where modern orthodoxy in general finds itself, and that's why Ben penned this piece. And I, Again, we're just reading out some expert, uh, excerpts of it. I definitely encourage uh, the listeners to, to read this piece. Um, do you consider yourself modern orthodox? Well, um, uh, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to uh, do I consider myself modern orthodox. I don't know. You have to define what the term modern orthodox means. I mean, uh, if if people are looking at us, looking at you, uh, people are going to identify you as modern orthodox. I don't think so. Yeah, you you don't you know. I mean, uh, maybe I'm using stereotypes. You say like outwardly, like I don't I don't I don't think so. Well, you're wearing a sweatshirt. Uh, you you don't have a beard. You don't have long payas. No, uh, but that uh, but that's the wearing a relatively uh, a modest uh, yarmulke. You, these are the accoutrements. These are the exteriors that I don't, I don't think identify so. you. What what do you call yourself? I I I put myself in the. Uh, okay, you work a part on Shabbos. I put myself in the in the neo Hasidic. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm, I'm a neo Hasid. Uh huh. Okay, maybe, I think. All right, so if that's not can see, that term so isn't canceled. Part of the problem, I think, is highlighted by the or Hamish, you know, like Hamish. Hamish, Hamish is a bakery, you know. Uh, Hamish is the kind of challah that you eat. Do they sell chocolate pudding? Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> Let's skip one day chocolate pudding. 
<laughs> Let's take one day off of chocolate pudding. Heimish is a type of challah. I don't know what else is Heimish. I don't know what that means. Heimish, you know, people ask that when it comes to Shaduchim. We're getting off on a tangent, but I think that's good. Uh, people, you know, uh, uh, people ask you about Shaduchim, about it. see from a Heimish background. I don't know yeah. what that means, you know. It means is the challah they have on Friday night. Is it like, is it only, is it only is limited it sh- to the Like, challah? do they have, if they have sourdough, they're not Heimish. If they have shiny, big wedding challah, then they're Heimish. No? If the the Heimish family you picture is a massive wedding challah on their Friday night table, no, that's that's Heimish. Actually, actually, someone told me yesterday to identify a little bit better. Someone told me yesterday when someone has a uh, a cough and fever and they're not feeling well, and and in Muncie it's called the flu, in in no Lakewood it's called the flu, in Teaneck it's COVID. Yeah, that's Heimish. <laughs> We're about to get canceled. We love you, T-Neck. Anyways, so this is the modern Orthodox debate, and I, I do think that it's it's. Uh, well, look at look look at the problem is Anaki. We discussed the other the other day yesterday. About lines are getting blurred. The other the other extreme where uh, places in the Hasidic communities like Williamsburg and Monroe, where kids aren't being educated at all, and they're getting into trouble with the state education department with funding. Because they're not even teaching their kids, you know, fundamental things like math and English. Yeah. Okay, in some schools that I know of, after eighth grade, there's absolutely no no English classes, no secular courses uh, whatsoever. So that's that's that that's that extreme. So yeah. there has to be that, this there is, should be a middle ground. Now you have to understand places like Yeshiva University and oh, uh, produced uh, pr- produced tremendous Talmud Chachamim. I know, but that's you why know? right. That's why this current again. This current uh, period of time that we're in is is very it's a very icy pond for the modern Orthodox movement in general because you wanna you wanna go ahead and bring in the secular ideals. All right, but so that what's coming along with that is is it's, it's absolutely contradictory to the Torah values. So, but what Shapiro didn't mention is the reason the modern Orthodox have themselves in that position. Is because they don't want to be labeled as being discriminating, but but which, which would eliminate them from being eligible for federal funding for certain programs. Listen, I had Yechiel Kalish on my podcast, and something that he from said, Atzala. yeah, from Atzala, and something the CEO of Atzala, and what he said when he was working in politics, uh, he went to a rav because a, a bill came across his desk. It was an abortion bill. He could vote for it, and he or he could just you know that even though he doesn't believe in abortion, he could vote for it. And everything will, you know, go over. He'll get maybe reelected. He was, he was uh, able to get hundreds of millions of dollars for shishivas and Jewish organizations okay. and funding. Okay. But he went to a big, a big rav, a big rabbi, and he said, "I hear why you should vote for it in terms of that, but your neshama, what's going to be with your neshama if you vote yes to an abortion bill? You can't okay. do it." Okay. And I think the same applies to something like this. How can we, you know, it, when it comes down to it, is is this? true is it good is does it align with the torah and if it doesn't then how can we say you know what yes but for this and that reason then yes, we're not, but there are many many nuances which is one of your favorite words also <laughs> incorporated into that number one is take shelly silver for example oliver shalom he was very close with david feinstein and he didn't really make he consulted ripped up on everything so take his support of gay rights legislation 
he was a speaker. He was a member of the assembly, okay? He was the speaker, but he was one of 130, 140 Democrats that were going to vote for this. And he was going to be out. Go- yeah. This was going to become law no matter what. No matter what. But was. still, the same thing applies. And because he, were, because he voted along with them, he was able to, to do more for the community. Impact on funding for organizations like Hatsala and I, OL. I hear it. I hear it. I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, maybe we'll discuss more about it tomorrow. It's a very important topic. We'll post the link to the article uh, in the description in the show notes and thank you so for the homework tonight is not to comment on this unless you read the entire article exactly you need to read the entire, ar- entire no article no comments unless you read the entire article and then article. you could go ahead and message us on whatsapp because we're going to continue this conversation you can send us an email at thedailythread at meaningfulminute.org if you want to chime in if you're from the modern orthodox community and you have a, a perspective on this we'd love to hear it um, we hope I hope that nothing I said or my father said today was in any way offensive or inaccurate um, we're just two people no, trying to break just, down a situation. Just, we're trying to this 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 piece by Ben Shapiro is out there. Yeah, and people are going to be read it. People are going to be reading it. And our and, and our and our goal is to give some depth our, and, and yeah, stories have, behind the have, headlines. We have, we have to do we have to do a little bit of commentary on it. Exactly, we got to really say what it's about and how's it relevant to 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 our daily lives. Absolutely, we live in we live on that planet. We're not looking at it in a mic in a in a, in a telescope yeah. from a few thousand or a few hundred thousand miles away. Absolutely. Well, that's our show for today. Uh, thank you for watching the Daily Thread. Make sure to sign up to us on WhatsApp status. Send us an email at the Daily Thread at meaningfulminute.org. Again, a big shout out to our friends at Quality Stair Shmuley Sugar. Make sure to give them a call or a text. And we will be, we will be back at you with another episode tomorrow. Have a great day.